The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Quantum Leaps and Healing with your host, Carrie Jahan. If you had the power to transform your life, how would you start? It's all about using what's inside of you and around you to enhance your personal health from physical to spiritual. Now, here is Carrie Jahan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quantum Leaps and Healing. I'm your host, Carrie Jahan. Joining me in a little bit today is Betsy Chaffee. She is an internationally known author, filmmaker, and speaker. And this filmmaker aspect of her is what is active right now. She is actually filming something and will be joining us shortly when she's able to actually break from her filmmaking. Um, she is the co-creator of a film that many of us love. It's called What the Bleep Do We Know? Most recently, she also produced a beautiful documentary on Tom Kenyon. It's called The Song of the New Earth, Tom Kenyon and the Power of Sound. It's such a beautiful documentary on sound healing. I so recommend it. Um, Betsy is also the author of three books, one of which is called Tipping Sacred Cows. And this is what she'll be joining me today and, and all of us. Um, to speak about. It's just an amazing, really down-to-earth book that almost just collapses so many of these belief systems that we hold on to in our healing um, and just in our lives in general. So she's also a blogger, and she blogs for HuffPost, Intense.com, Modern Mom, and other sites. And she continues to make provocative films exploring human potential and the nature of this so-called quote-unquote reality that we live in. So she will be joining us when she can. Um, but in the meantime, what I thought I would do is actually read a little bit from her book, uh, Tipping Sacred Cows. It's one of her first chapters. It's called Red Shirts in the Brain. And it's just uh, something that really reached me deeply because I feel, too, um, well, this chapter about these belief systems that we can just hold on to and and then we can, you know, create our reality from that. And so I'm just going to read a little bit from this book because you can also get a sense of a little bit of Betsy and also a little bit of this really powerful, down-to-earth, tell-it-like-it-is book that I just find so um, enriching to to read. Um, okay, so it starts with, um, let me get this here for you. Okay, um, it starts with, <clears throat> um, I'll start it here. So after my divorce, Betsy writes, I realized that after 40 some odd years on this planet, I had picked up a whole lot of stuff I didn't, I just didn't need and had made some pretty sacred beliefs for myself. They were beliefs of all varieties, from spiritual to body image stuff, from cultural to political, from chocolate to panna cotta, things that I had protected and refused to shift for fear of losing something. Beliefs that might have fit at one point or another, but no longer made me look so good. 
So begin to get rid of them slowly. There are ways to figure out what beliefs you have. Some people do regression therapy or go to meditation retreats to get a handle on their baggage. But I prefer the practical approach and use lists and observations. I spend time observing my reactions to things, my feelings and opinions about a situation. I allow myself time to go through every thought because shoving thoughts away, simply ignoring them and judging them before they've had time to be expressed, just leaves them to fester like rotting meat in a compost pile. And you don't want meat in your compost pile. I organize my list, Betsy continues, um, into categories depending upon or depending on whether my responses are reasonable or emotional and based on old beliefs. So this methodical nature of making lists is, for me, an easy way to clean out my closet. If it's reasonable, then I explore a reasonable response. If it's an emotional baggage, it gets tipped. I also play a game I call My Life Sucks. It's dramatic and fun and heart-wrenching, but it works for me, and I've included it in the appendix so you can play it too. And I'll just take a break from reading for a second because I did uh, go through this appendix and this life, My Life Sucks kind of um, uh, procedure, and it's actually really fun and right to the point, and I feel like it really works. Um, but to continue reading, uh, so she goes on to say that when I dug deep into my beliefs, I found most of them were connected to the concept of worthiness, and this is really what I wanted to to share because I, too, feel that this was a big part of my story and the part of so many stories of women out there. So she says, when I dug into into my beliefs, I found most of them were connected to the concept of worthiness. I wasn't pretty, so I wasn't worthy of love. I wasn't smart because I didn't go to college and therefore wasn't worthy of success and so on. I'm going on, um, I'm going out on the limb here and make a grand statement. My guess is that, especially for women, most of our beliefs about ourselves are connected to worthiness. Our view of our self-worth makes a lot of decisions for us about the life we're going to live. At least it did in my case. Drilling down to that core understanding has made a huge impact on my on my um, on me. It's why I'm able to sit here and write this book. I actually believe that what I have to say has value to other people. Imagine that. I love that sentence. I actually believe that what I have to say has value to other people. This is a big thing for me, even on this radio show and just in my life in general. So I just so appreciate this. Um, So she says, you know, again, like what I believe, um, I actually believe that what I have to say has value to other people. Imagine that. The short, what she called herself, the short, tabby, dumb girl has something to say. Why, yes, yes, I do. I'm sorry, this so celebrates Betsy in, in her writing this. So she goes on to say, this understanding of why I believe what I believe about myself and the world I live is in the cornerstone of my work these days. It's not so much based in spirituality as it is based in the science of how this body, this tool I've been given to experience the world I'm in is used. This is my foundation for picking and choosing beliefs I take with me on my continued journey. Because before I can decide what is spiritual, before I can decide who I want to be, I need 
need to understand what I believe I am. So with practice, I and anyone can interrupt these old thought patterns and begin to build new ones. I feel like this is all about what my own healing practice is when working with other people and even working with myself. So with practice, she says, I and anyone can interrupt these old patterns and begin to build new ones. As Joe, as Dr. Joe Dispenza has said many times, it takes repetition. Just like hearing hippo, she heard hippo and chubby when she was a child. Um, and there was an incident with her daughter, too, that uh, her daughter heard some stuff about her body that just was not positive. So it's just like hearing hippo and chubby all my life. I need to start hearing how beautiful I was, starting with telling it to myself. To do this, I built my own BS meter. Um, my little game, My Life Sucks, which again is in the appendix, is played often, sometimes in a speed round and in nanoseconds between breaths. Before I decide to take on a new belief, I listen to the inner voice that is a guru and a friend. And if I don't have time for a speed round, I simply wait until I do. We don't have to decide right then and there if we need a a shiny new belief. Sometimes there is a peace that comes with sleeping on it. The day when my daughter was given a belief, and this was an incident she had written about previous to where I started reading, um, she was given a, a belief about her body. So the day when my daughter was given a belief, a meaning she had not chosen, my heart broke for my beautiful girl. My heart broke for all of us little girls. It will be years before she is able to choose. It will, uh, it will be years before she is able to choose to change how she might react to what she was given. Hopefully, all my yammering on about how her brain works, how beliefs get all jumbled up, and my constant reminders of her beauty will eventually sink in. It took me until my 40s, with an epiphany wrapped in a crisis, to finally understand how I worked. Even though it was hard and often painful, I don't regret it. We learn when we learn. I so agree with this, too. I just feel like we have you know, certain experiences in our lives, and it's going to take X amount of years of a not-so-great marriage or so many years of an addiction or so many years of just holding on to limiting beliefs. And then when it clicks, it clicks. And so... Um, when she just writes, you know, even though it's hard and painful, she doesn't regret it. We learn when we learn, and I just, I so agree. She continues on to say that I take uh, my takeaway is that I don't have to buy it, but if I do, I can return it. And she's speaking about these belief systems. Um, I can undo the neural connection with practice just like I clean up my desktop on my computer. I do it often, and instead of being something painful and arduous. It's sort of like a Christmas every time I play. I get rid of what I don't want, find things that I didn't know I had, and make room for change. And so that's to the end of this first chapter that I just wanted to at least start off this program with because I feel that what Betsy's really offering in this book is just this crumbling of belief systems. And I've had that in my life, too, where I'm just plugging along and plugging along and 
and just feeling like, oh, I, you know, have this understanding of myself. I have this understanding of the world and this is who I am. And sometimes it's just so limiting. And then these structures fall around me and these new belief systems are able to kick in. And what I consider to be a structure, this, you know, this is how I've thought of myself. This is what I can do and this is what I can't do. And this is, um, this is my worst and this is where I feel unworthy in my life. Um, what I call like those structures and sometimes I can actually feel like columns behind me just crashing down. Um, she calls them sacred cows and this, her book, Tipping Sacred Cows, is really all about this, um, just kind of pushing over these belief systems and kind of being open to rewiring our brain on how we see ourselves. And so I just, I find it, uh, I find her book and her work so real and so reachable. And she also, um, oh, and I get the message from uh, from the radio station that Betsy is ready and on the line. So, Betsy, welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so sorry. And thank you so much for allowing me to be a few minutes late. I'm I'm filming a documentary as we speak, and uh, something that was supposed to happen like an hour ago ended up happening now. <laughs> there you it, go. It all works. You know, Betsy, I, there's a part of your book um, in the red shirts in your brain that I really love, and I just was able to take a few minutes to actually read the very last bit of that. And, you know, even uh, the paragraph about the worthiness, because I feel like that's so important for not only my own story, but the story of so many women. So I was just able to spend a little time reading right from your book and giving the listeners a little bit of an introduction. So it all it's oh, all great. good. It all works. Oh, but I am delighted that you're here so you could speak about it from yourself. Um, and so, anyway, let's just dive. Let's just dive in. If um, if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself and how this book came about, that would be lovely. Sure. So, you know, I'm a first and foremost. I'm a mom. I have two just amazing kids who I share a lot of stories about in my book because they have been really amazing teachers for me. Um, and the. I you know I made what the bleep do we know last year I had a film out uh, called Song of the New Earth I'm making documentary right now you know my in my main my heart I'm a filmmaker I'm a storyteller and the book came about um, because after the bleep came out you know there was this like eight years of just like I'm amazing I'm on top of the world I create my reality and you know life was good I had the car the kids the house the dog the husband the whole nine yards and then I kind of woke up one day and realized that I was just not living the truth and I ended up getting divorced and um, when that happened it was a bit of a dark night of the soul for me in the sense that I just sort of really began to look at what is all this stuff that I've been spewing and talking about and reading about and does it really work you know I think sometimes you know you go through that phase of like none of this works forget it kind of mentality and I started to do that and I realized like look you know I don't think you should throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I do think that it's time for me, I'm talking to myself, to go back and really look at these concepts and really ask myself, and how, how do these really work for me? What really does work for me? What doesn't work for me? Um, and the biggest thing I wanted to really understand is so often in the spiritual movement, we talk a lot about getting out of your body. And you know, people call the body like the meat packet or you know, it's, it's the ship, you know, and the consciousness is everything. And I think that's really true to some degree. I mean, consciousness, it's great that we have consciousness, but 
I really wanted to begin to learn how to operate my body and my, my, my soul at the same time and my heart and my ego and my, all those different pieces of us to really have a whole life again. And it started with, you know, the first, one of the first chapters in the book is how we attach meaning. I really wanted to understand why do I keep living the life that I'm living? And what I realized is the big kahuna in the bleep is you create your reality. And what, you know, a lot of people ran with that and started to say, okay, you know, I'm creating the chairs and the tables and I'm magic. And it's not really entirely true. It's not entirely false either, but it's, it's not entirely true. And what I realized is that while I might not be creating physically the chair that I'm sitting in, I'm creating my experience of it. And my experience of that chair comes from my beliefs. And so if I've got beliefs that, that aren't serving me, I'm going to have a really un- uncomfortable time in that chair. And that was the beginning for me. And then I began throughout the book, as you'll notice, there's a chapter on law of attraction, there's a chapter on living in bliss, to really kind of tip over the sort of sacred cows of the New Age, New Thought movement and really dive into them and explain them from my understanding and then how I began to make them work in my life. Oh, wow. It's, um, it's something I so relate to. And I, you, you say it's like tipping sacred cows. And for me, I've always felt there are like certain like structures and beliefs. And sometimes when they crumble, I actually have kind of in my mind's eye, like a, a literally like a column that, that crumbles behind me. Or there's a field that I just feel like just got burned, <laughs> you know, and it can right. be so bewildering and almost disorienting in the process. But then it's this beautiful unfolding of something that's deeper and more true and just real. And there's this softening of like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I held that up for so long. Um, and yeah. so I just, I so appreciate just well, how raw and honest yeah, it's your book so is. It's so amazing because you know, I'm, I'm even doing it now. I mean, one of the great things that I got from writing the book and in my life right now is that I'm never done. You know, you're never finished, which is kind of a relief yeah. because then there's no rush. Um, yeah. And even, you know, as I stand here and I'm in, a, I'm, you know, in relationship and I'm really having some hard times and I had to come to terms with, God, you know, I have a behavior that has served me for so long it's killing me now. It's killing my relationship. And if I want to save my relationship, I have to change this behavior. It's time. And so, you know, it's based on the belief system that no longer serves me. So day in and day out, you have this opportunity to really look at, well, why am I responding the way that I'm responding? What is the belief that I have? There's a funny um, exercise in the back of the book. I, I, I try to be funny because I think <laughs> you are laughing. <laughs> you know, you got it. <laughs> And so the, the exercise is called My Life Sucks, and it's a great game to play to start to learn what exactly it is you really believe, and then you can begin to see how it's manifesting in your life. And it's, it's really powerful because once you can start to see, wow, I don't believe I'm worthy of success, well, of course, now you're never getting that promotion. You hate your job. Uh, you, you're not fulfilled in your career. And then you can start to go, oh, well, if I change my beliefs, then all that other external stuff is going to change. And it's, it's really empowering. All of a sudden, all that control that everybody wants to have, you know, we all want to have control of our lives, right? And people will often tell you, well, you can't control everything. You're absolutely right. But you can control yourself. You can be responsible for you. And that is when I really started to take that on and it made me feel so empowered. It made me feel happier, healthier, more abundant, more successful because I was in charge. I was the, the captain of the ship. 
Wow, yes, yeah. You know, I spoke, it is mentioned to the listeners in the beginning about that appendix exercise and just how just fun, right to the point, and, and powerful it is. It's just very real. Um, I do see that we're coming up to the time for our first break, so I do want to continue. I have lots and lots of questions for you, Betsy, and I'm delighted that you're here. But we're just going to take a few-minute break. Um, for the listeners, if you're interested in more information, you can find me on Facebook or visit my website and also um, Betsy's website as well. Um, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation, but stay tuned. You're listening to Quantum Leaps and Healing. We will be back shortly. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Experience multidimensional transformation with Carrie Jahan. Multidimensional transformation is a powerfully effective healing modality that works consciously with the zero point field. With this innovative modality, Carrie facilitates individuals and groups in experiencing a vibrational shift towards a healthier and more harmonious state of being. Carrie works compassionately and diligently with people to help them resolve physical pain, emotional troubles, spiritual struggles, and subconscious beliefs from both current and past lives. Carrie works remotely with people around the globe. She helps facilitate some of the deepest healing her clients have ever experienced. To schedule an appointment for multidimensional transformation, contact Carrie through her website at carriejahan.com or call 845-802-4130. Again, that's Carrie Jahan, K-E-R-R-Y-J-E-H-A-N-N-E.com or call 845-802-4130. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Quantum Leaps in Healing. To reach our show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Carrie Jahan, K-E-R-R-Y-J-E-H-A-N-N-E at gmail.com. Now, back to Quantum Leaps in Healing. Welcome back, everyone. This is Carrie Jahan, and with me today is Betsy Cassie, who is a filmmaker and an author. And today we are talking, uh, starting to talk about her book, um, t- uh, Tipping Sacred Cows, and there's some other things we'd, I would love to discuss with her. But, Betsy, I'm wondering if we can first talk a little bit more about your this book, Tipping Sacred Cows. Sure. and. Um, you know, if you know, even if you can talk about some of these cows and some of these fragile belief systems that we hold, and and the kind of the crumbling or the tipping of them that you've experienced and written about. 
Well, so let me start by saying, and you may have said this already, and I apologize, but, you know, a sacred cow is essentially something that we hold up against criticism. We, we don't question it. So, you know, we have, in my book, there are two types of sacred cows, really. There's your own sacred cows, which is the belief system that you operate in the world with, you know, so beliefs about money, relationships, uh, family, um, life, your worldview, you know, are you optimistic? Or are you, you know, pessimistic? Those kinds of things. And then there's also in the book um, Sacred Cows, sort of in the New Age, New Thought movement. So like the law of attraction, living in bliss, forgiveness, you know, fear. I kind of take the What the Bleep, the movie I made, and the secret to task a little bit on how we may have oversimplified some of these concepts. So there's two different types in the, in the book. Essentially, you know, what I come to, and I think most people probably know this already, is that most of our belief systems come around our self-worth. Are we worthy of? Um, are we worthy of love? Are we worthy of success? Are we worthy of health? All of those things. They really come down to it. But the interesting thing about what happens in your life is that these sort of like the details come out externally. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with a self-worth issue at the core, but it may come out in terms of, you know, I'm not worthy of love, so therefore I end up dating and or marrying men who are incapable of loving. You know, I'm not worthy of success, so I don't, you know, I either overcompensate by being so, you know, demanding and, and pushy and, and, and aggressive, or I do the opposite where I, you know, live my life in meek and don't try to go for the great job or the great career that I really, truly desire. So those are how these belief systems manifest. And they're, they're multi-layered. You know, you can say, okay, well, I really have a great relationship with my husband, but maybe you don't have a great relationship with your family or you don't have a great relationship with friends. So you start to look at, well, how is these, this belief system operating in my life and what can I really do to tip it? And tipping it essentially just means changing your habit, you know, getting in and stopping yourself. You know, it's a big part of what I think helps in my life is being aware of myself and my behavior. So that, you know, at first step it's like, okay, I'm aware that I'm responding this way every time this happens. And so then you're aware of it, so then you can begin to interrupt the pattern. You can begin to say, oh, wait a second, I'm feeling that feeling again that I always get when this comes up, and I'm going to respond in this way, and that's really going to be not serve me. So what's a different perspective? What's a different thing that I can see? And it's funny because a big part of what happens to us as humans is that we interact with other people. And one of the biggest aha moments for me was the realization that at 41 and 42 years old, I had to admit that it was probable that I had never actually had a true interaction with anybody because the way I listen is you say something to me, I filter it through my belief system, and I spew it back out at you. And chances are it's not even close to what you just said to me. I mean, my beautiful friend, Francis Rico, is a teacher. He calls the English language kerplunk, um, you know, because that's what happens. I have a funny story about this. I was with my boyfriend, and I bought a dress. I was going to be on TV for this book, and I went to I put the dress on, and I go running out to him to show him the dress, and he looks at me, and he goes, and he smiles, and he kind of laughs, and he goes, I like the whole cow thing that you have going on. <laughs> and... You know, my first instinct, because I have issues around, I'm short, I'm sad, I'm not beautiful, was to go, wow, that guy just called me a fat cow. Yeah. That's normal. That's normally where we stop as humans. We go, 
oh, he just called me a fat cow. Well, I'm going to go right back at him. And then we have a big fight and screaming and yelling and it's awful. What I did in that moment was instead of running that program, I said, okay, wait a second. This person loves me. They think I'm beautiful. Maybe they aren't calling me a cow. Maybe I'm just hearing that. So maybe I might want to just say to them, you know, my filter, I heard you just call, I heard that as you saying that I was short and fat. And he laughed again. He goes, no, you're dressed. It's got black and white print on it. Your book is called (laughs) Missing Sacred Cows. I think you're really clever. And so here I am in this moment realizing that not only did I just avoid taking on this whole story of I'm a short cow, but on the flip side, if I had done that, I would have missed being called clever and smart and funny and gotten missed a compliment. And that's kind of what we do. And we do that because our belief systems are running the show most of the time. So it's about becoming aware of what it is that I believe so that when somebody says something to me, I can respond, not react. Yeah, yeah. It's so, it's also just opens us up to being so vulnerable. Like, um, this is actually what I'm hearing. I'm going to stay present with you. I'm not going to run. And then this, I'm going to, I'm going to expose to you what my old programming is. And then it just, I, I think it just even softens it. When I'm witness, when I just surrender my old program to someone who's standing there loving me, it just crumbles that much more. And then I can really just hear that compliment and be like, oh, I'm, I'm really going to take that in and I'm going to rewire myself and, and just just say yes to it, and yeah, I'm clever and I'm smart, and I'm, you know, right, yeah. Well, and that's yeah. something that we miss, and we so often miss it because we can't hear it, and we can't hear it because our belief system doesn't allow us perspective to think that's possible because it goes against your belief system. If your belief system is I'm not worthy of love, then no matter how often someone says I love you, you're just never going to hear it. Yeah. So that's the trick. We twist you know, it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I love too that the the way that you write and, and just the way that you live your life is you're using your life for um, evolution and transformation. And it's not the yoga retreat. It's the like it's the this these everyday moments and and just showing up in life. And then that's the transformation. And that's just so real and reachable and workable and not out there. There's nothing, you know, like, I think sometimes, you know, one of my goals in life is, you know, I, and it became so really clear to me when I got divorced, um, I was living in a neighborhood and it was really great because a lot of the women, the moms kind of, you know, we all just became friends, and I think they kind of circled around me a little bit. And it was a really fascinating group of women. We had a Jew, a Muslim, a Christian, me, you know, an atheist. I mean, it was just this really diverse group of women. And we would sit around, and we would talk about these things. But what was fascinating was that regardless of whether it was the Muslim or the, the Jewish woman, you know, they had a lot of the same core values and the same desire for purpose and meaning in their lives. And, you know, when we took out the woo-woo, you know, when I took out, well, you know, not that there's anything wrong with crystals and, you know, whatever. I have a couple crystals myself. I can't, I can't fly. You know, I, I, I have a friend who's a psychic who I, I mean, I love listening to. You know, there's all that other stuff. But, you know, at its core, really what humans want is to find a way to be peaceful and happy. And that transcends transcends any ideology, philosophy, or religion. And so what I want to do in my work 
is to focus on that more than I'm interested necessarily in focusing on some modality. Although, you know, Song of the New Earth was all about sound healing and the power of sound. But even if you watch that film, you know, we just talk about the science. We, you know, it's a very fascinating film that features a gentleman named Tom Kenyon and the director, um, Ward Farrell. You know, they made a beautiful movie that really, again, didn't alienate people that, oh, this is some weird woo-woo stuff. You know, because it isn't. At its core, it's about the fact that, you know, frequency... We're all we're all emanating a frequency. We are we are frequency, and you know what frequency you're emanating will impact what you get back, and that's science. And so when you can take out all the weird woo woo stuff, I think we 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 get more access to people, and people become more interested in what you have to say. That's why I write the way I write. That's why I make the films that I make, and that's what I do. What I do because I feel like one of my biggest pet peeves, and I I, always, I oftentimes say, you know. The spiritual New Age movement can, you know, the, for all the talk of no dogma or ju- no judgment, can be some of the most dogmatic, judgmental people you've ever met in your life, you know? And one of the things they'll say often is, oh, I wish they'd wake up. And I often look at them I and know. I go, well, they wish, you'd, they wish you'd wake up, too. And it's sort of like, it becomes a little elitist. And I, and I just didn't want to do that anymore when I was hanging out with my mom friends. You know, I wanted to be able to, I I tapped in and I realized they're just like me. We just want purpose and meaning and to live happy, peaceful lives. That's it. How do we do that? Let's talk about that. And when we did that, it was, it was powerful. Yes. Yeah. And it also just joins me with the rest of humanity in a really honest, heartful way. And I really, you know, I cringe when someone says, oh, I I wish that someone would wake up because I feel too that. We're all on our, our journeys, and they're so sacred. And we will wake up to certain beliefs that we have when that moment is right. And maybe someone needs to drink alcohol excessively for 17 years, and that's their story. That's their what they're coming to unfold. And, and I just hold them in that, not in a judgment, like, oh, they should get sober sooner than later, and I wish they would just stop. No, no, no. It's like... There's something profound unfolding in that person, and can I just be this compassionate witness? What did, what did they come here to explore and and to learn about themselves? And if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. It's not for me to judge it, and it's for me to honor it and, and to love it and, and to love the stories in myself where I've been stuck for X amount of years and where I still have my, you know, my parts of me that are sound asleep. <laughs> like they're snoring, you know. So anyway, it's just you know, where is the compassion and where is the yeah? It's fascinating that you say that because two things popped up for me. One is cause I'm working on this new film that I've been shooting for a few months. Right now, it's called the Coaching Movie. It will change. I mean, you can go to thecoachingmovie.com and find out about it. But we're essentially following five different people. Um, as they uh, work with some of the world's leading coaches in life, relationship, business, and executive, and high-performance um, high athletes. And one of the stories, the life client, um, is a gentleman who basically was, had an incredible career as a newscaster um, and went through a divorce, was clearly an alcoholic. His, his ex-wife wrote a big revealing book about how he was horrible and abusive, and it brought him to his knees. He ended up literally peeing outside of an Apple store and being arrested and trashed his life basically on television. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was brutal. You know, it, the, 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 
the takedown that, that you know, Google and bloggers and people took of him was, was intense because he was an investigative reporter. And, you know, he went to rehab and he got sober and he kind of thought, okay, I'm sober now. But then he realized that he had a lot of cleanup to do. And so I've been following him for a few months now. And what's really fascinating is to watch him wake up, to watch him realize, to first get over, stop saying, you know, I ruined my life and damn, I'll realize like, wow, that was probably the best thing to ever happen to me. It was, you know, peeing on the Apple store saved my life and changed my life and opened my eyes to who I really am, what I'm really capable of, and what I, what's possible for me. And it was, it's amazing to watch his transformation. And that, to me, is why I do the work that I do and why it's like this is, this is an everyday person. You know, anybody can have this experience. And, and it's, it's profound to watch. And the other thing that I thought of when you were talking about that was, I'm working on a new book it's, uh, around conscious parenting, and it's a very silly title because I love fun things. It's called, It Came Out of My Vagina, Now What? And <laughs> one of the things I love that I talk a, a lot about in the book that was really hard for me as a mom, and still is, like daily, is to observe that, that this is my child, but that they have their own journey. And so I have to honor them instead of trying to mold them into me. I have to honor who they are and lift that up. And that's, that's so anti- the antithesis of what so much of parenting is about these days, you know. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's hard because I can see, you know, I, one of my kids is sometimes a little pessimistic and sometimes a little negative, and that's just how they are. And so, I, you know, I, I can get mad and try to change them, or I can honor this being, and that's, how, that's kind of where they're at right now. And I want to love them through that. And, and if they provide opportunity for growth, but that if they don't want to grow, it's not my job to force them. And it ultimately doesn't work anyway. Yes, yes. You know, even it's a side tangent a little bit, but even with prayer, you know, I also hear, you know, often like, you know, people praying for someone's cancer to be taken away or, or whatnot. And I find even, even my prayer life has changed where it's like, I'll ask for whatever, you know, strength they need to endure what they're enduring. Not, you right. know, and because I know that it, that's the essence of what's transforming them. That's their, the, the mud that they're cleaning off to find out their diamond underneath. You know, that, that's what it's taking. Right. And so it's such an honoring and it's such a this is their process and, um, and not a, a manipulation might be a kind of a strong word, but it sometimes feels that way when I'm, thinking that they should be in a different spot or whatnot. So right. I, I, right. I love the title of your book and just the whole concept of it. And, and when is, are you thinking that would come out for people to be able to read? Um, it'll come out in, I think, December. Um, if they follow me on Facebook or they join my email list at net, they can find out. Um, it'll be through Amazon. It's more like a, it, it's a short book. It's with me. Uh, my co-author is a woman named Debbie Spector Weissman, and then we have several other moms from different parts of the world. And really, again, it's written in the same kind of style as Tipping, in that it's anecdotal and it's funny, and it's and it's the purpose of the book is to really kind of give some conscious parenting tips without giving tips, and secondly, without feeling like I'm lecturing. And the second thing yes. is that, as a mom, you know, it's it's really Talk about judgment. I mean, it's so hard out there 
you know, if you don't do it this way, you're doing it wrong. If you didn't read that book, you're doing it wrong. If you don't have that scroll, you're doing it wrong. Don't let your baby sleep in your stomach. Don't let your baby sleep on its back. I mean, it's like exhausting, right? And it creates a lot of stress and anxiety. And I think that, you know, as a mom myself now, I look back at some of the things that I went through. I'm a great story about my mom. When I had my first daughter, she was about eight and a half months old, and she was not a, like, she's just a chunky baby, and, you know, just born at nine pounds and just, just full of goo, right? And she wasn't rolling over. And I remember reading all the books, and by, you know, seven and a half months, she was supposed to roll over, or eight and a half months, I forget exactly what it is now, and she wasn't doing it. So I call my mom, and I'm like, something's wrong, and I think she's sick, and what if she has autism, and blah, 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 blah. And my mom says, okay, listen, you need to sit down. I have something to tell you. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's going to tell me something wrong. And, and she said, where did you, you know, where are you getting this information from? And I said, well, this book says this, and this book says that. And she, she says to me, okay, listen, your daughter didn't read those books. <laughs> and it was just a waking, a, a, you know, an aha moment for me of, like, God, I'm putting so much stress and pressure on me and then putting stress and pressure on my baby. And it was just exhausting. And so that's kind of this, this why I wanted to write this book was to, get a bunch of other moms together and, and, and say, hey, listen, you know what? I dropped my baby. You know, I totally left my baby in the car. I did this. I did that, you know? All those things that we're afraid to admit. Um, and, you know, my kids are still alive. It's amazing to me sometimes. And they're pretty cool. I kind of like them, you know? I mean, <laughs> nice. Like, All right. And, and, and the, yeah. you know, and so just to relax. And that's, to me, the big key in conscious parenting is to just breathe, listen to your kids, Guide them as best you can. And also know that they, you know, I, I don't, do you have kids? I don't. But, but one second, Betsy. I think we should, uh, we're going to take a really quick break, and then when we come back, we can continue on. But um, okay. we just have a, a quick two-minute break. So, everyone, uh, you're listening to Quantum Leaps and Healing, and please can uh, stay tuned in because I just feel like Betsy has so much to offer, and I'm just like, so excited that she's here. So we'll be back shortly on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Experience multidimensional transformation with Carrie Jahan. Multidimensional transformation is a powerfully effective healing modality that works consciously with the zero-point field. With this innovative modality, Carrie facilitates individuals and groups in experiencing a vibrational shift towards a healthier and more harmonious state of being. Carrie works compassionately and diligently with people to help them resolve physical pain, emotional troubles, spiritual struggles, and subconscious beliefs from both current and past lives. Carrie works remotely with people around the globe. She helps facilitate some of the deepest healing her clients have ever experienced. To schedule an appointment for multidimensional transformation, contact Carrie through her website at carriejahan.com or call 845-802-4130. Again, that's Carrie Jahan, K-E-R-R-Y-J-E-H-A-N-N-E.com or call 845-802-4130. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Seventh Wave Network. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Listening to Quantum Leaps in Healing. To reach our show today, call into 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to Carrie Jahan, K E R R Y J E H A N N E, at gmail.com. Now, back to Quantum Leaps in Healing. Welcome back, everyone. This is Carrie Dehan, and with me today is Betsy Chassie, who is a wonderful author and filmmaker, and we were talking about her book um, coming out in December about conscious parenting. And Betsy, I felt like you had a little bit more to to share about that. What was on your mind? Well, I just think that, you know, um, it's important for me as a mom to just share with other moms that, you know, everything is going to be okay. Everything will be all right, and it's not necessarily, you know, I have a friend of mine who's got a mom, who's got a child who's like 17, who's being really rebellious, and she's like, but I thought I did everything right. And, you know, I remind her, it's like, you know, listen, when, it's funny, I remember just so distinctly the day that both my kids were born, and the personality that they were from the first moments on earth is exactly who they are today. And they just, I can so clearly see that they came in with certain traits and certain, not so much agenda, but, but with a certain way of being. And the more I just honor them as opposed to trying to force them into my mold, the happier we all become, the easier it is to parent them, actually. There's a lot less discipline, and there's a lot less strife and arguing because we all honor each other. Yes, yeah. Because they're honored, too. It's like I can just be me and be authentic and be me. And then, gosh, I just feel like there's... when when I know when I'm honored just for me and no one's trying to change me or think I need to be in a different spot in my life, I I just relax and everything's so much smoother. (laughs) Right. That's exactly right. And that's... And that's kind of, a, you know, a similar message that, you know, was with Chipping Sacred Cows was for me to begin to really find out, you know, who that was again. Well, who is the real me and and who do I really want to be? I mean, one of the things that I wanted to do after, you know, getting divorced was I realized how inauthentic my life had become um, because it was so, so steeped in the belief system around having to be this and having to be that, having to be the perfect mom, having to be the perfect filmmaker. And when you get stuck there, you can't, you, there's no freedom to be. So, you know, yes. being authentic, you know, what happens is you lose some people along the way and then you realize it's, that it's not that they were bad people, it's just that you together weren't great people. And, and being real, it's just a lot easier. I mean, if, it makes, when you're talking about finding peace, when you can just be who you are, and you don't constantly have to put on the show, you breathe a lot deeper, you know, your body feels better, you feel healthier. I mean, if you, I'm sure you know the work of Candace Kurt, you know, I mean, the more stress and anxiety and fear and doubt you put into your body, the, health, the less healthy you become. And, yes. you know, yeah. it, it just feels better when I can just go, okay, you know, wow, I really messed that up yesterday and not to beat myself up over the head and go, tomorrow I'm going to be better and I, I'm aware of that. And, I'll, you know, that's how it kind of, 
eases, life becomes easier. Yes, and for me, it's like I, I feel a lot less fractured. Like that's, I can almost feel splintered or fr- like the word fractured comes to me when I'm treating myself in a way that's just not honoring. Like I just, like I'm not as present. I feel like I, part of me is just here and part of me is there. <laughs> it just causes right. like a splintering right. in my being. And if I can just be like, oh, I'm on this journey and today I really messed up, you know, I'm yeah. still on this journey and I'm a, I'm a, in my own essence you know, I'm just pure and innocent and divine, and I'm just I'm just showing up the best I can, and it brings right. me to a wholeness, and it brings me to a softening, and and a, just a more joy in my journey rather than a judgment and a fracturing and a, a right. harshness that comes. Exactly it. That's exactly it. And and doing the work, you got to do the work. If you were you know if you were short yesterday, you got to clean up the mess. And then you got to do the work to not be a jerk the next day. You know, you have to do the work. It, that's yeah. one of the things I think sometimes happens with people is they go, oh, well, I have permission to be an asshole because I'm spiritual and I'm loving myself and I forgive myself today. But you still have to do the work, but you also have to give yourself a break. Yes, 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 no doubt. No doubt. There is um, a going in for me that it's a going in with compassion, and that's like they're just giving myself a break, and it's like, you know, just, uh, um, you know, just, you know, even in your book, the uh, tipping sacred cows, like using these everyday life experiences and feeling these feelings, and just for me, it's like an honoring and a, a working with it with compassion and. Right. And then I too feel like that just trip, that goes into my work with my clients, and I just you know holding them in that kind of compassion and understanding, and it all just ripples outwardly as as much as it ripples inwardly into my core. Mm. Yeah. Nice, yeah, nice. Uh, <clears throat> Betsy, do you have so much going on in your life with these documentaries and books? And I'm wondering if you can just help tell us like how how to reach you, if you have a blog, Facebook, any of that kind of stuff, just so people can reach you. Yeah, so my website is BetsyChassie.net, and you can reach me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, at Betsy, you know, at Betsy Chassie. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active out there, and uh, I have a newsletter that I don't send out very regularly, um, <laughs> yeah. but I try to keep people up on what's going on. And, you know, I do wear a lot of different hats, and, you know, that's one of the things I love about my life is that I get to do all sorts of different things, and it's never a dull moment. And But the best place, you know, is definitely Facebook and uh, my website. Okay, great, great. I feel like your work is so reachable to people, and so I just wanted to at least have a moment to, to share that. Um, can we just Thank go back you. to your book, The, the Tipping yeah. Sacred Cows, for a moment? Because you also talk about the ego, and, I'm, and mm. I just love that chapter, The Monsters in Our Closets. And <laughs> we do have another, like, minute or two or a few minutes. Can, is sure. there anything that jumps to you to share about the ego or that chapter? Well, the one thing I think that's important, that the theme of my chapter is really that the idea that people often talk about killing the ego. And the funny thing about that is you, you cannot kill your ego. Your ego is a, a tool. And that was one of my the frustrating things about sort of the New Age movement is this idea that we must be completely devoid of any ego. And, and maybe that's true, but it isn't for me, and it isn't for me operating in this reality that we're in. This, and the trick, though, like with everything, is to learn how to use the tool. 
So I think oftentimes in our lives, you know, we're taught math and English and how to read and how to speak. But, you know, we're not taught how to use our bodies, how to use our brains, how to use our ego in a way that's productive, compassionate, and fulfilling. And so... For me, the, the chapter really talks about how I came to terms with my ego. I mean, the truth is, I couldn't do what I do and not have an ego. I'm a writer. I'm a filmmaker. You know, I love giving talks. I love getting out there. You need a bit of an ego to do that, you know. You need to be confident, but that doesn't mean be an asshole. And so, there's, to me, the trick is learning how to use the tools that we've been given. I love it. I love it. I love it too because it's just, it is not, it's not something we can kill. It's just, it's energy and energy can be transformed. Um, right. And so it's transforming it to, to where it can be useful to us and empowering for us. And, you know, as you said, it, you're, you know, a writer and even for me in my private practice or even doing this radio show, I need a healthy ego and in order to even step out there. And so, right. yeah, thank you. Betsy, it's it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Um, I just I encourage all the listeners to read this book, Tipping Sacred Cows, and to watch your documentary, The Song of the Earth. And I can't wait to read your book about conscious parenting coming out in December and the coaching movie when that comes out. And you know, thank you for everything you're doing in the world. And I just admire you as a woman. Yes. Well, thank you very much for your time, and have a great rest of your day, everybody listening. And uh, you know, my my favorite quote is um, from Jack Kerouac and he says, be in love with your life every minute of it. And so that's what I'm going to do and I just invite everybody else to try that on. Okay. Thank you so much, Betsy. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Okay. Bye. Thanks and bye-bye. Well, everyone, I'm going to do a little bit of a wrap-up of the show. It was wonderful that Betsy could join us, even if uh, she was filming in the beginning. Um, I know I got to share a little bit about her book with you when we started. Um, Before we wrap up, I just want to share a little bit of how you can reach me and a bit of what is to come on Quantum Leaps and Healing. I am a practitioner of something called the multidimensional transformation, and I just love what I do. And so this is a modality where I work consciously with a zero-point field and basically through intention grab out of the field what it is someone needs. And so we work with um, anything, whether it's physical pain, emotional turmoil, spiritual struggle, past life issues, limiting subconscious beliefs, and I work through kinesiology to find out what the next priority is for the person. Um, If that makes sense or not, um, regardless, if it's calling to you to learn more about it, just feel free to contact me for a free consultation that can tell you more about what it is that I do um, to help people experience a vibrational shift and to lead a healthier and more harmonious life. So if you want to set up a free consultation, just send me an email at kerryjahan at gmail.com. And my spelling is K-E-R-R-Y-J-E-H-A-N-N-E at gmail.com. I also have um, a Facebook page and a website, which is kerryjahan.com. So please stay tuned for upcoming shows. So next week I have a psychic or a spiritual psychic medium named Mary Tori joining me. And what she does is a mediumship that really helps people who have someone who has passed, so like grieving survivors. And she helps heal through an afterlife contact. And she is getting her um, PhD and has a lot of scientific 
um, stuff to share, but also a lot of life experience and actual work to share with us next week. So stay tuned for that because that's going to be a blast. Um, so join me next week and a further weeks to come on this show. It's been really wonderful to be sharing all this really fun, exciting information for with people. And I've been enjoying the emails that I've been receiving, so please keep them coming. Um, so until next time, many blessings to all of you and be well. Thank you for tuning in to Quantum Leaps and Healing. Carrie Jahan hopes you will join her again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll talk to you again next time.